Well, I am excited to share with you a vision for 2017 today. In fact, I'm so excited, I decided to wear my vision preaching socks today. So you can see these on. I felt like I had to wear socks that were fitting for my attitude. And my attitude today is one of excitement and enthusiasm. I am thrilled to be with you today to share with you more about what I think God's going to do in and through our lives in 2017. In fact, I want to tell you, it is really great to be able to be here January 2017 and think back on a full calendar year. It's really nice to have been here for a full year. I'm looking forward to this next year. And Lindley and I just want you to know, we love being here. We love our church family, and we are so grateful to be a part. We genuinely do love you guys and are grateful to be a part of what's happening here. I want to remind you of a few things that I spoke to you about last year, 2016, during the Vision Sermon Sunday. I talked about three waves that I was asking the Lord just to flood our church family with throughout 2016. You remember those three waves? The wave of unity the wave of generosity, and the wave of discipleship. I want to tell you a little bit about what happened over 2016 and how God graciously answered those prayers. The wave of unity. I want you to hear about what's happening in our church staff. We are working together as a team in such a particular and special way that I would welcome you to ask any of our staff members how it is to work together as a team. It has been simply phenomenal. We spend time together every single week talking about how the Lord is working in our lives, talking about how we feel like He's leading us to serve and lead in our church fellowship. And it is an absolute joy to work together with our staff team. There is a transparency and an honesty, an exhorting of one another that is occurring that is simply remarkable. And I am thankful to be a part of it. With our deacons, I can tell you this last year was a wonderful year with our deacon ministry. Matt Harper did such a good job over the last several years leading our deacon ministry. And John Brokhuizen is our new chairman this year. I'm excited about the direction our deacons are heading. And I want to tell you that our deacons are working well together. They're increasingly becoming a group of men who are more and more concerned about serving others. For the sake of the gospel, particularly the weak and the needy and the poor around us, reaching them for the sake of Christ. We have amazing men who are sacrificially serving in our church family. And let me tell you about what happened in our church family in general. Our average attendance for worship services in 2016 increased by 11 over last year, which is a new record for our church family. We saw 153 people join our church family last year, and that does not include the people who joined from the Hill Community Church, which is now joining us with First Baptist Church, uh, First Baptist George Channel, Liberty Hill. We saw 38 people baptized, followers of Christ. We saw the average attendance in life groups also increase by 7% to another record high. And I just want to tell you, when the church comes together around the gospel and you see a wave of unity affecting the church family, then we see more people hearing and seeing the gospel. That's what happens. 
The scripture says when people are one, that we see more clearly who Jesus Christ is. And I want to tell you that's what's happening in our church family. And I'm excited about that and very grateful. Let me tell you about the wave of generosity. Think about our time and our talents. Ministry and missions is seeing the generosity of many people in our church family. And I want to give you a picture of that generosity through one of our more recent engagements, Merry Christmas with Love. In our efforts as a church family in Merry Christmas with Love, 100 families received 548 boxes of food and toys in December. Members of our church personally visited with each of those families, assessed the situation, and prayed for those families. We had, in addition to that, over 12,000 cookies and a lot of fruit plates that went to those families, and in addition to those families, went to a maternity home, five fire stations, the police station, six school administration staffs, a dozen local church offices, 40 local sanitation workers, the city hall, Williamson County Juvenile Services, Georgetown Visitor City, Williamson County EMS, and Georgetown ISD Center. Nearly a thousand people in our community were recipients of some aspect of Merry Christmas with Love. Now that just gives you a small picture of what's happening in our entire church family around missions and ministry. There are so many things going on in the way we're touching people's lives in our community and beyond that I simply can't list all of them this morning. It is incredible what God's doing through us, and there is definitely a wave of generosity in terms of how you're using your talents and your time. And I'm incredibly grateful for that. Now think about what's happening with our resources and terms of a wave of generosity. I don't know if you can remember this, back, back in the beginning of 2016, I talked about the year of 2015 in terms of the finances of the church. And I made the statement that we had exceeded our budget by a good amount, budget receipts by a good amount last year, and had taken in somewhere around $3.68 million, which is a record for the single most supported budgeted year to date. And even though 2015 was an unprecedented year of generosity, last year at the beginning of the year, we were asking the Lord for more generosity, a wave of unprecedented generosity. And I want to tell you that we have seen that in 2016. Our income for 2016 was a 6% increase over 2015 for a total of $3.9 million received for budget. It was another record year of generosity. But there's more. In 2015, our church gave $20,000 towards international missions during the Lottie Moon Christmas offering that we take primarily in December, and that was a record. Well, this year, we generously gave together over $30,000 to international missions and Lottie Moon Christmas offering. Isn't that awesome? I didn't know whether it would be appropriate today just to jump off the stage and run around and do a few laps in here or not, but I'm fired up about what's going on here. It's exciting. There's more. We were able to allocate this year over $250,000 for major projects to maintain and improve our current facilities. We included improvements like AV upgrades in the worship center and the gym. We did roof repairs, sidewalk repairs, thermostat upgrades in several buildings. We finished out this mom's room back there in our worship center. And I know mom's here. Very thankful for that. We did a lot of great stuff around our facility to take care of what God has given us. And I'm excited about that. 
But there's more. This week, on Tuesday, January 10th, we will write and deliver our final payment on our 10 acres behind the church. Yeah. It's amazing. If you remember last year at this time, we owed somewhere around $400,000 on the land. We had some money in reserve to make payments on that. We have been receiving monies throughout the year. We had a goal at the beginning of last year to pay that land off, and we have done it. That is so encouraging. Yes, but there is more. We received over $500,000 from the members of the Hill Community Church when they decided to join FBG and help lead the way for all of us to be a part of reaching Liberty Hill with the gospel. And that money is going to enable us to equip the campus in Liberty Hill and to make plans for a future FBG permanent campus in Liberty Hill. Now that is amazing generosity. It's pretty awesome. Now we said, we said wave of unity, wave of generosity and a wave of discipleship. In 2016, we saw more people taking steps towards one-on-one discipleship than at any recent time in the past. People have been seeking out someone to disciple. People have been seeking out someone to disciple them. This year has been incredible to watch people take steps towards helping others love God and love people. It has really been remarkable. We had multiple older, more experienced married couples mentoring younger and less experienced married couples. People are helping others to follow Christ. The win- this winter after the Philemon study, we had many of the participants express a desire to help someone younger in the faith follow Jesus. People are helping others follow Jesus. In our student ministry, we have mentors taking our students alongside them to help them follow Christ. Our older students are beginning to take younger students alongside them to help them follow Christ. The ministry teams that exist in our student ministry places kids in small groups with adults who are discipling our students as they serve and grow together. People are helping others follow Christ. Our children's ministry spent untold number of hours serving our kids last year, helping them follow Christ during a very challenging interim year. Very challenging, and they went the extra mile to help those kids. They were incredible. Amazing. And now we have a children's minister whose heart is discipleship for our kids and their families. He started this week. And I'm excited about what this means for the future of discipleship in our children's ministry. I've heard so many stories about people in our church sharing their faith with someone in their family, someone in their neighborhood, somebody in their workplace, somebody in their school. People are seeking to help others follow Jesus. Everywhere you turn, every Sunday and throughout the week, People are talking about, encouraging each other, and seeking to try new ways to help others love God, love people, and to follow Jesus along with us. I just want to tell you that 2016 has been an amazing year. And I'm thankful. (coughs) I am thankful to be a part of it. So grateful for what God is doing. And I want to talk to you this morning about 2017. 
and what God has laid on my heart for 2017. I began to think about this morning and think about what it is that God would want us to focus in on this year. I began to think about the story of Moses. When Moses was called by God to go and lead the people out of slavery in Egypt. And Moses had these objections before God. How can I do this? Surely there's someone better. Why are you choosing me? And God simply said to Moses, Hey, the, Moses, the, the critical component of my call in your life is that I will be with you. I will be with you. And that whole concept of God being with us has just totally encouraged my heart in thinking about this next year. In fact, I really want us all to accept and believe that we live in Williamson County, in Georgetown or Cedar Park or wherever you live. You live where you live because God has called you as a follower of Christ to help other people follow him. And he has done that in you in such a way that who you are right now, the way you are, you are able to accomplish that calling. Because God is with you. He is with you. And he has called you to help others know him. I want to read a passage of scripture with you this morning. It's in 2 Corinthians chapter 2. Turn over to 2 Corinthians chapter 2 with me and we're going to start reading in verse 14. 2 Corinthians chapter 2 verse 14. But thanks be to God who always leads us in triumph in Christ. And manifest through us the sweet aroma of the knowledge of him in every place. For we are a fragrance of Christ to God among those who are being saved and among those who are perishing. To the one aroma from death to death and to the other aroma from life to life. And who is adequate for these things? Who can, who can do this? Who can take this task on? He says, for we are not like Many peddling the word of God, but as from sincerity, as from God, we speak in Christ in the sight of God. Notice in verse 17, he says, something's happened in us. The reason why we can step into where we live and take on this great task of being for people an aroma, a sweet fragrance of Christ because something has happened in us. He says, in sincerity, this is real. God is changing my life. I'm not the same person today in 2017 that I was last year in 2016. There's something real happening in me. It's from sincerity that we're able to do this. It is from God. God is working in me. And that's why I am able to take this great task on. Because God has changed me and he has given me this great task. God himself has given those of us in this room who know Jesus Christ the unique and awesome task of taking the message of Jesus to the people around which we live. He has given that to you and to me. 
Our task is from him. And when he is genuinely changing our lives, it changes the way we mix and mingle and get to know people and interact with people. We are all of a sudden a people who have been commissioned by God. He says that we speak in Christ. I'm not going to be speaking in 2017 to the people around which I live, to the people around which I do community. I'm not going to be speaking to them on my behalf. I'm speaking to them in Christ. It's Christ who dwells in me that is giving me the words to say to them that might give them opportunity to see who Christ is. And it is in the sight of God that we are carrying out this agenda, being the presence of God for the people around which we live. In other words, God is with us. It's in his sight that we're carrying out these duties. It's in his sight that you walk into your workplace, that you walk into your neighborhood. You're not alone. He is with you and he is giving you the opportunity to be a presence of his grace right where you live. You're the presence of God right where you live. Now, what would it be like for you if this week you came home after work or after being out doing some errands or whatever and you walked into the house and the moment you opened the door, the smell of your favorite baked good hits you right in the face? What would that be like? I can tell you what it would be like for me. I show up at my house this week and I open the front door and the smell of fresh baked right out of the oven chocolate chip cookies, if that hits my face when I walk into the door, everything changes. Like I've had the best day of my life. If I'm asked about anything, I'm more agreeable. My family could ask for a lot of things and I would probably say yes a lot better if there were chocolate chip cookies fresh baked right there and that aroma hit me right in the face. I would be so happy and excited. Everything would look better about my day. You know what I want to do? I'd want to come right into that house. I want to come right into that kitchen and I want to taste whatever it is coming out of that oven. That's what I'd be like. Anybody enjoy getting up in your attic? Anybody like, hey, what I want to do today is just spend some time in my attic. I don't know who thought of the idea of attics and how to get into them, but they weren't thinking very clearly. It is a real pain. And one of the worst times of the, of the new year for me is when it's time to put up all the Christmas decorations in the attic. I hate that time of the year. I l- would love for Jesus Christ to come back right before I have to put the Christmas decorations in the attic. That would be wonderful. Well, now think about it. If I was going to take all those Christmas decorations, I was going to go up in the attic. I hadn't been up there in four to six weeks, you know. So I go up there, and if I were to open the door right then, and all of a sudden this stench of death just hit me right in the face, and I see on the floor of my attic this raccoon, this dead raccoon, just, just moving with maggots. I mean, at that, at that moment, that, you see the picture. You got it, right? At that moment, here's what I'm doing. I'm shutting the door to the attic. I'm going down and I'm telling my boys, hey, it's y'all's year to put up the Christmas deal. That's what I'm doing. I'm not going in there, right? Are you with me? Yeah. Here's what the scripture says. Scripture says that when you follow Christ, you are the aroma, the sweet fragrance of Christ where you live. Just let that sink in. 
When you walk into your workplace, you give off the sweet aroma of Christ. When you walk into your neighborhood, you give off the sweet aroma of Christ. For some people that you live around, and we are praying that for many of the people we live around, it would be the aroma of life. and They would smell the fragrance of Christ in our lives and they would say, I want to taste and see the goodness of the Lord. But we know that there are some and we pray few around whom we live that the aroma of Christ is Repugnant, repelling, and they don't want Christ. Here's what I want you to see for 2017. This is my heart for us this year. This is what God has laid on my heart. That we would believe that God's presence in us is God's presence for our community. So that where we go and where we live and who we talk to, we are able to give off the aroma, the sweet aroma of Christ. Number one thing we've got to believe this year, we are the gift of God's presence to our community. God is with us so that others might see and know him. Everywhere you go, you are bringing the fragrance of Christ. We need to believe that. The second thing we need to believe is that everywhere we go as the fragrance of Christ, we are giving opportunity for people to make a decision about Jesus. The presence of God in the people of God, the presence of God in you and in me, brings opportunity to everyone we're around to decide whether or not they smell life or they smell death. What a great and awesome privilege we have to bring into everyone's life the presence of God such that the presence of God demands and elicits and invites a response from the people around we, which we live who would otherwise not be forced with an opportunity to trust Christ. Do you see that? You are the fragrance of Christ where you live and work and play so that people are pushed and moved and given opportunity to make a decision about Christ. You and I, the fragrance of Christ so that people might see and decide to follow Jesus. That's what I want. That's what I want for us this year. For us to love God and love people enough to help them do the same. To believe that God's presence is so with us that our very presence there creates an opportunity for someone to decide whether or not they will follow Jesus Christ. That's who you are, where you live. That's why you live, where you live. That's who we are supposed to be for our people around whom we live every day. Who is up for that task? Well, it's those whose lives have been changed 
those who've heard God speak to them, those who know they speak in Christ, and those who are keenly aware that God is with them. So I want to tell you some things that I hope you'll do each and every Sunday this next year. I want you to come into this place each and every Sunday with something like Zechariah chapter 1, verse 3 on your mind. Where the Lord says, return to me and I will return to you. See, what we ever, every one of us, what every one of us needs every single Sunday we come into this place, we need to be awakened to the presence of God with us. See, I'm going to tell you what will not happen. If you're a follower of Jesus Christ, you come in here on Sunday, you will not get more of God's presence with you because you were here. You were already you are already a vessel of his presence where you live. But what we can do when we gather in this place is we can be awakened to the significance of God's presence with us so that we surrender our lives anew and afresh every single Sunday and we walk out of those doors into our community. We are more keenly aware that we are the presence of God where we live because God is with us. I'm not alone. I'm not facing my life and its challenges by myself. I have the presence of God. I have the promises of God. And I want him to so overwhelm me by awakening my heart and mind to who he is, that he is with me, that I will give off a fresh fragrance of the aroma of Christ. What I don't want to be is like six-month-old cookies locked up in a jar. I want to be like the cookies brought fresh out of the oven every Monday morning when I show up at work. I want to be like that fresh baked good that gives off an warm and fills an entire room because I have been with Christ and I have freshly surrendered my life to him. I want every single Sunday in this place to be a moment where we decide to surrender our lives to Christ. We all need that. There's not a Sunday that we'll come here that that we don't all need to surrender to Christ. Afresh and anew, being awakened to the significance of his presence with us. When you come here, I want you to come here to surrender, but I also want you to come here to care about the people you're around. You see, when you walk into this place, you're bringing the presence of God into this place, and it just might be that someone else in this place needs God's presence in and through you. And so I want you to come here thinking about how will I surrender to God, but how will I also encourage someone else to surrender along with me. So let me give you just three thoughts of what you can do to be able to do that well. First of all, prepare for Sunday morning. Prepare for Sunday morning. I don't think it's going to take a lot of time, but it would really do us all well if everyone that's coming on Sunday morning spent just a little time saying, Lord, I want to prepare my heart for what you want to do in my life, in the lives of those around me this morning. I want to be ready. Maybe it's just simply a prayer time. Maybe it's a time you talk to your family. Hey, we're fixing to go encounter the presence of God with our church family in an opportunity where we are awakened to the significance that God is with us. We need to prepare our hearts. 
What would you feel like if every Sunday you got here and your thought when you left was, man, he was so unprepared. It'd be really nice if he spent a little time this week preparing for Sunday because it's a big deal. That's how you feel about me, right? Rightly so. Well, guess what? Turnabout is fair play. I want you to be prepared. I want you to come ready. Please prepare your hearts when you walk into this place. And then when you walk onto our campus, pick out somebody to pray for. Just throughout the morning, just pick somebody that you want to pray for. Lord, I pray that they would be awakened to who you are today. As you work in me to move me to surrender, would you help them to surrender to you? Just pick out somebody to pray for every Sunday. That God would move in their lives. And then before you leave our campus every day, I would encourage you to have one conversation with somebody that goes beyond the surface of everyday life to what's happening in a heart level. That feels a little risky, doesn't it? I don't encourage you to do that because if you'll do that, it'll change the way we experience surrender as a church family. So I'm going to lead the way this morning, all right? I'm going to have a conversation with all of you about something God's doing in my own life. One of the things that I want God to do in my life this year is I want him to increase my attentiveness to the people and circumstances around me so that when I walk into the grocery store, my thought when I walk in there is not primarily my list, but is God, you're working here. You're working in this store right now. There are people's lives that have been affected by life, and you're here. And now I'm here, and your presence is with me. And Lord, could you help me be more attentive to how you might use your presence in me to help somebody else see that you are here? I just want to be more attentive. Driving down the road, I want to be more attentive. When I'm at my home, I want to be more attentive. I am terrible about being that attentive to what the Lord is doing. And I want to beat with his heartbeat for people. So how's God working in your life this year? And now you know what I'm asking for. Would you just pray for me? And then if you'll share with me what he's doing, I'll pray for you. That's, That's as simple as it needs to be. Just have a conversation with somebody about something that's happening in your life beyond a surface level. If you'll do that, we'll come into this place and we'll experience the presence of God in such a way that we'll be awakened to the significance of his presence in each of us when we leave this place. Objective number one, come and surrender. Objective number two, get involved in a smaller group experience this year. Like plug into a smaller group experience with people, get to know people. There are three avenues through which you can do that here at FBG. One is life groups, all of you know that. Uh, many of you know about that. It's, it's happening on Sunday mornings. It's what we traditionally call Sunday school. Some of you still call it Sunday schools because you can't call it life groups, even though I think it's been called life groups here for a decade or something like that. I, I call it Sunday school half the time too. It's hard to get out of that, but that's what that is. Life groups is a Sunday school or an education hour. It's a smaller group experience. You can get in and get to know people. Around God's Word is fantastic plug into those kinds of experiences. Then we also have stuff midweek, Bible studies that are going on. I think you've got some information about that in your worship guide for the spring. 
We'd love for you to get plugged into some kind of a smaller group experience. And then a third avenue that we're providing officially to our church beginning right now is home groups. And so we're providing three different avenues for people to get in a smaller group experience because not everybody fits in one kind of smaller group experience. So we're trying to provide multiple avenues because we believe that every single person in our church family needs to be engaged in a smaller group experience because that's where we experience the joy of walking together in Christ in ways that simply cannot happen in a large group experience like this. So you've got different avenues to get there. A home group is simply a small group of people meeting in a home, and they have a home group guide, and they talk about that week's sermon and how to apply it to their lives. So there's three different avenues for getting into a smaller group experience, and we want you to do that because here's the reality. We need each other. We need each other. Listen to these verses. Ecclesiastes chapter 4, verse 9 and 10 says, Two are better than one because they have good return for their labor. For if either of them fails, the one will lift up his companion. But woe to the one who falls when there is not another to lift him up. Proverbs 27, 17, iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another. Galatians 6, 1 and 2, brethren, if, even if anyone is caught in a trespass, you who are spiritual, restore such a one in a spirit of gentleness, each one looking to yourself so that you too will not be tempted. Bear one another's burdens and thereby fulfill the law of Christ. Proverbs 24, 6, for by wise guidance you will wage war. In an abundance of counselors there is victory. We need each other. We need each other. If you will come here each Sunday surrendering to Christ, being awakened to his presence in you, and you will get in a smaller group experience sometime during the year through some avenue, I can tell you that we will likely experience some significant things happening in us. Two of which will be we will be living in a community of faith. We will not feel alone. We will not be a far cry from being reminded of the presence of God from somebody around us. And you know what will happen? We will be so excited about what God is doing in us that we will be able to contain it. We won't be able to contain it. We'll have to tell others. We will become the sweet aroma of Christ to a level that we have not yet seen. And that's what I'm asking from the Lord. Is that he characterized 2017 with an aroma of Christ coming from our church family that is unprecedented. That people would see life in Christ through us in a remarkable, unusual way this year. I want us to start this today. There's a, there's a verse of scripture that's really going to kind of be my, my vision verse for the year. It's Zechariah 8, 23. Zechariah 8, 23. And that verse, the end of it, what's happening here is God's people are being um, approached because they... People around them, the nations around them, see something particular about them. And this is, what, this is what they say to God's people. Let us go with you, for we have heard God is with you. That's, that's my vision verse for the year. I am praying that our community, our coworkers, our neighbors, our friends, our family members will say to us, I see that God is with you. And I want to go where you're going. 
That's what I'm praying. And that can start for us this morning by surrender. Some of you have never decided to follow Jesus Christ, your Lord and Savior. And today you need to surrender to him and follow him. Others of us need to decide just afresh today, I want to follow you. I want to surrender. I've not been living the way you want me to be living. I am ready to live following you. And then you've got your worship guide in front of you. And there are several questions in your worship guide that I would love you to answer. So we're going we're gonna to pray. And then, and then I'm going to go into, we're going to go into a time of response. You can take those questions to your worship guide, begin to think through and pray through those. You may want to come forward and pray at the altar. If, you've, if you're here and you've never made a decision to follow Christ, you may want to come forward and talk to one of our pastors. What I want to happen today is that we would simply say, God, we believe you are with us. And we want you to send out from this place the aroma of Christ. We surrender. Will you join me in that vision for 2017?